0: Pastor Xavier Reese and the Believer's Response to Government.
1: The power of rule or government, the power of Him who will and commands must be submitted to and obeyed. Listen, there's always two pillars for any society, whether it be the nucleus of the home, a simple relationship of two, or a nation. Here it is, ready? Authority and Submission.
0: Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Is there any biblical recourse to a bad government? Some say rebel. Others say vote in new leaders. But what should be the response of the Christian? Today, Pastor Xavier looks at what God's Word says as he continues his look at the book of Titus. Let's join him for today's lesson.
1: Titus chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 the message is entitled The Believer in Government. Paul, the apostle, here declares to Titus his responsibility to remind the believer to be subject to the governing authorities. We are responsible, we are accountable to the government. The Bible is very clear as to the degrees and to the extents, but I think for so long we have to be careful as Christians become nothing but irritants to that which God has established. And there's a fine line, and we need to understand that. Let me read here verse 1 and 2. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good word, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceful, gentle, showing all humility to all men. The responsibility of Titus was to remind the believer to be subject to the governing authorities, which consists of three things. Listen to him well. First of all, the proclamation of submission, the first part of verse 1. Second, the practice of submission, the remainder of verse 1. And then finally, the particulars of submission in verse 2. He lays them out, one, two, three. The proclamation of submission. The proclamation is by way of reminder, remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities. Notice first the proclamations in view of their present knowledge, making them, listen, accountable. The word remind means to cause one to remember. The word is in the present imperative, which literally means keep on reminding them. It is to be a repeated reminder. How important for us to be constantly remind ourselves of our Christian responsibility, listen, to society. I think President Kennedy had it right. Ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. I think that we've become very self-centered people as Americans because we've gotten so self-righteous and so out of whack. And we need to get back in line with the scriptures. Notice, secondly, the proclamation is that they be subject, making themselves responsible. The phrase to be subject, hupataso, we've talked about this word many times in the Greek. It's a military term. The word means to arrange troop divisions in a military fashion under the command of a leader, to line up in order, in rank, it has nothing to do with inferiority. It has everything to do with your position. That's your rank. That's your duty. That's what you do. This hand is a hand. It's not a foot. It does what it's designed to. The different men in the military, whether it be private PFCs, whatever it may be, they're under rank, under undergrade. They submit to that order. In non-military use it was a voluntary attitude of giving in, cooperating, assuming responsibility to one's position and role, and carrying a burden. Notice thirdly here that the proclamation is to be subject to rulers and authorities making them examples. The reference to rulers means the beginning, origin, the person or thing that commences, the first person or thing in a series The leader, the reference to authorities, exousias, means the power of authority, influence, and of right, privilege, the power of rule or government, the power of him who will and commands must be submitted to by others and obeyed. Listen, there's always two pillars for any society whether it be the nucleus of the home, a simple relationship of two, or a nation. Here it is, ready? Authority and submission. Without that you have no productivity, no effectiveness, no progress. The context is referring to secular government, be it the federal, state, or local government. The government of Paul's day, I want you to think about it, who Paul is writing to, Titus. The government of that day was Rome, who was not sympathetic towards Christianity. In fact, in a few years, they would launch a full attack of persecution. Pretty heavy, isn't it? Think about it when you say, well, Paul doesn't understand our day. Really? (laughs) Now notice, secondly, the practice of submission. The practice is practical to obey and to be ready for every good work. Notice, first, the practice is to be founded on obedience. The word obey simply means to hearken, obey what is heard. The word appears four times in the New Testament. First, in reference to obeying God rather than man, as I've given you in Acts 5.29. Secondly, in reference to the giving of the Holy Spirit to those who obey God in Acts 5.32. Then thirdly, in reference to not listening to Paul's warning about the storm at sea in Acts 27.21. And fourthly, in reference to the government of rulers and authorities here in Titus 3.1. All, all references refer to ruling authorities except for Paul's in the book of Acts. I find that interesting with this word. To hearken under. Every time it's used for government, except for the one. Obedience is the commitment of one's will to submit by acting on what is known to be one's responsibility. The reputation of the Cretans was what? Look at chapter 1, verse 12. They were always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. Paul tells Titus that they were also once foolish. Look at the next verse here of our text. Disobedient, deceived, serving various lusts, pleasures, living in malice, envy, hateful, and hating one another. That's what you and I were. That's what the creeds were before God's grace. Look at verses 3 and 4 and 5. But when the kindness and love of God, their Savior, saved them by preaching... And the Holy Spirit, they were changed. That's what makes the difference, people. Nothing else makes the difference. Notice, secondly, the practice is to be followed by good works. It's not just word. There has to be deed. Obedience that has no good works is disobedience and hypocrisy. Obedience can only be measured by actions and deeds. Obedience is genuine only if it is ready to follow up with every good work. Look at the word ready. It means to be fit or prepared. The word is used for those individuals ready for the Lord's return in Matthew 24, 44. Prepared. Ready. Like an athlete ready for the competition. A soldier ready for battle. A farmer ready to reap the harvest. Prepared. The word is used to the Corinthians who were to be prepared with the offering for the saints at Jerusalem when the brothers came in 2 Corinthians 9 and 5. Prepared. The word ready implies a dependency on the Holy Spirit's leading and enabling in order to be prepared to submit to the good work. I have to say, okay, Lord. You're going to have to work in me. And my heart is open so God can work in me to do that work, to to do it in the right attitude, to do it completely, and to do it to the best. Too often we just want to get by. Be the best. The word good, Agathos describes the quality of the work to be done. Good in constitution or nature. Useful, salutary, Excellent that which glorifies God by being obedient in word, that which benefits man by manifesting the love of God in deed. In 1897, Dr. Grenfell was in Boston, and Mr. Moody was holding a meeting at Tremont Temple at that time. And Dr. Grenfell sought him out in his hotel. The first time they had ever met, And he told Mr. Moody that he owed his conversion to him 14 years before. What have you been doing since, was Mr. Moody's immediate question. What have you been doing? If we are Christians, then we will be doing all the good we can for mankind. Not only to the believer, but to the non-believer. What do you do more than the publicans who say hi to each other? When you invite someone to dinner, don't invite someone who's going to be able to invite you back. (laughs) What do you do more than the good moral pagan? The central theme of Titus' epistle is works. Let me run down these things to you. Titus was to be a pattern of good works in chapter 2 verse 7. The believers to be as zealous of good works in chapter 2 verse 14. The believers to be ready for every good work, chapter 3, verse 1. The believers to be careful to maintain good works, chapter 3, verse 8. The believers to learn to maintain good works in chapter 3, 14. Good works, not to get into heaven, not to be saved but as evidence that we're on our way to heaven and evidence that we are saved. The works are the evidence of our faith. Faith cannot exist without works, for faith without works is dead, James 2.17. Faith alone does not justify a man after salvation, but works do. James 2.24. You can't say, well, I believe, I believe, but if there's no evidence of no, no good works coming from you, then what does you believe in, yourself? You believe in rest or what? The believer was created unto good works, which God prepared beforehand that we might walk in them, Ephesians 2.10 says. We are God's handiwork, his poem, if you will, to a lost and dark world. We are to endeavor to walk in the works of, that God has prepared for us. The believer is the light and salt of the earth, Jesus declared in Matthew 5, 13 through 16. If the salt loses flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is good for nothing but to be trodden out to trample under the foot of men. Good for nothing. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all. Who are in the house. And so verse 16 of Matthew 5 there says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The good works are sourced in him. They're directed by him. They're commanded by him. And so the practice of submission is practical. Notice third and last here. The particulars of submission. The particulars are personal, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. Notice first the particulars are first given in the negative. The focus now is on the common individual in principle, but it's still the individual in the government. The believer is not to speak evil of no one, So the apostle moves from the specifics of government as an agency to the individual in the governing position. The word "speak" means speak reproachfully, blasphemeo. We get our word "blasphemy" from it. To malign, to slander, to strive, to use abusive language, to insult. It is used for blasphemy of God. It is used for defaming man also, as here in our text. The prohibition is without exception. Mark it, underline it, circle it, to no one, not the rulers, not the authorities, nor the individual. I myself am guilty of this. And I have to remind myself to keep my mouth quiet. And if I have a complaint to take it before God. Hmm. I have to be reminded like you. The believer is not to be a violent person, secondly. He is to be peaceable. A machos. We get our word macho from it. Manly <laughs> in Latin. We use in the Spanish, the machoism. It means to abstain from fighting. Because it has the A in front of it. It negates it. To not be contentious. In other words, he's not to be a quarrelsome person or one who punches people out. Too often we think that we can resort to everything with violence and with power. And all it really does is just kind of bring a sense of satisfaction to ourselves immediately. But then there's always regret afterwards. The word is used for the requirements of the bishops and elders in 1 Timothy 3.3. 3. You certainly don't want a bunch of pastors who are ready to brawl with the congregation. where somebody would disagree and the pastor would well, let's take it outside. <laughs> <laughs> the practice of being contentious towards government or individuals as a habit of life would contradict the gospel message. Notice, secondly, the particulars are now ending up in the positive note. The believer is to be gentle. It's made up of two words. The first, a P, means upon. The second means fair or equitable. The word means to be fitting, appropriate, yielding and unassertive, and moderate. It is used as the requirements for the elders again in 1 Timothy 3:3. 3, 3. It is used of the wisdom of God in James 3:17. It's gentle, peaceable. It comes down from above, where I can be sensitive to you and I can lay hands on you and pray for you. And I in empathy, can, can be moved by your hurt and your need, and I can weep with you genuinely not hypocritically the believers to show all humility to all men the virtue of humility means a mild forbearance and meekness denoting primarily an inward grace of the soul calmness towards god not outward expression of feeling necessarily the word is used as one of the manifestations of the fruit of the spirit in galatians 5:22 You see, this cannot come about by our own. You and I must be thoroughly convinced that this does not come of our own flesh. This has to be God in me and through me. No other way. The word is used to identify the manner of spirit in which we correct those who are in opposition to the gospel in 2 Timothy 2.25. Not arrogantly, but compassionately, humbly, Knowing where they're headed. Look at the word, the term showing a continuous demonstration of this Christian virtue of humility. Continuous. The all inclusiveness again is marked by the phrase to all men, the rulers and authorities, the individual believer, the non believer. But you, O man of God, flee these things, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness, First Timothy 6, 11. Micah says, you know what the Lord, the Lord has shown you what is good, what the Lord requires of you to do good, to love mercy, and to love, walk humbly with thy God. We know we need to just remind ourselves, we need to remind one another One day, a soldier in the army of Alexander the Great was brought before him for court-martial. As the emperor read the charges and evidence, he asked the man, What is your name? And he answered, Alexander. As he was asked three consecutive times with a greater rage each time, What is your name? What is your name? The man responded, Alexander, Alexander. Alexander the Great said, You say your name is Alexander. You are found guilty of your crime as charged. And now you must pay the penalty. Either change your conduct or change your name. For no man can bear the name of Alexander, my name, and do the things that you have done. Oh, how much more if we call ourselves Christian, Christ-like and speak evil of people or contentious rather than peaceful, gentle, showing all humility to all men. The tongue is a powerful weapon to destroy or to build up. A soft word, Proverbs 15:1 and 2 says, turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of the fool pours out Foolishness. The contentious person is full of pride, Proverbs 13 10 says. By pride comes nothing but strife, but with the well advised is wisdom. The gentle person is walking in the Spirit and being like his Lord. James 3 7 says, But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. The person who is truly humble and able to show all humility to all is the one who sees himself as God sees him. Poor in spirit in Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. Poor in spirit doesn't mean you have no money. Poor in spirit means you see yourself as having nothing worthy of God and that you are absolutely bankrupt to merit anything of God. And you cast yourself upon God and because he's merciful he attributes the riches of his son upon your account and he takes your wretchedness and he puts it on his son's account and he says it's paid for. The humble are concerned with what God sees not what man sees. 1 Peter 5, 6 Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. The particular submission are personal. Yours, mine, not the other person's. And so, the believers to be subject to the rulers and authority. Pretty heavy, isn't it? What an awesome responsibility we have. The proclamation of submission was by way of remembrance to be subject to the rulers and authorities. The practice of submission is practical, being ready for every good work. And the particular submission are personal, not speaking evil of anyone, but peaceful, gentle, showing all humility to all men. That's our responsibility, Christians. Nothing less than that. Anything less than that is unacceptable. God, have mercy on us.
0: Pastor Xavier Reese and the Christians' response to government. Now, today's message, The Believer and Government, is available on CD for just $4. And this will also include what we heard the last time we were together. Now, once again, the title to ask for is The Believer and Government, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing... Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make a request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please, it helps us when you include the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This helps us monitor the impact of this outreach in your area. And then be back for more Simple Truths right here next time with Pastor Xavier Reis.